Hey everybody and welcome to the show, Feeling Well. I'm Ralph here as always with... with Lloyd Howell. Oh boy, it's, it's, it's bright, it's sunny, things are looking up. Ralph's got a cool new shirt, folks. That's you wanna, right. You wanna, let's, let's, let's speak about your shirt. I know this is the second episode in a row that we've talked about your... Uh, about your clothing, but yeah, you know, and the second you're, time you're, in a row, you take of, a minor, a minor detail from my life that I shared, and you, you <laughs> thrust it under a microscope, and now I have to riff about it. Uh, even I just uh, shared shared a picture ha- of a shirt I bought to the chat, and now it's mm-hmm. now it's headline news. But, uh, but yell it from the mountain <laughs> that Ralph has got a shirt. Oh, boy. fortunately, this is a visual medium in addition to mm-hmm. an, an aural one, so they can even appreciate it. So, uh, so there's imagine, that. imagine, yeah, if but, you uh, will, the finest, the finest cotton, uh, Egyptian cotton, breathable, yet stylish. Now, imagine mm-hmm. upon the shirt, he, it's got it's got vegetables splayed all around, but not just any vegetables. Yeah, these they're are not, it's. The yeah, king it's like of the a, it's, like, it's like a white. I don't know what you would call this a leisure shirt, or it's like kind of, mm-hmm. a, and it has a, not not exactly broccoli stalks. That would be that mm-hmm. would be weird, but it looks like it looks like broccoli. Um, okay. Hmm. But uh, but I like it. It's 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 a comfortable shirt. Yeah, Picked it up from cool. old H and M. Old H and M fast fashion. Uh, done right. That's right. We, we just, love just, H&M. just twelve ninety nine. Banging on a budget. Just twelve ninety nine. That's that's that is a real bargain, and whatever had to happen to make it that price, you know, that's none of my business, mm-hmm. none of your business, and uh, <laughs> that's that's simply that's simply not my problem. Um, and that's that's uh, that's how I'm trying to live, Ralph. I love, I do love broccoli. You know, you, you like uh, you like broccoli, Rob? That kind of that alternate broccoli. Uh, well, I do love broccoli. I have broccoli pretty much every week. Weekly at the old okay. Trader Joe's, I'll get their mm. just their their bag of frozen broccoli, just a just like dollar twenty nine, and I'll 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 cook that up. It's good stuff. But I can't remember the last nice. time I had broccoli, Rob. I definitely have had it a few times because it's like an Italian thing, and I, it's it has somehow yeah. factored into cuisine at my. Uh, at the events on my father's side of the family, but I can't remember the last time I had it. It has kind of like a distinctly different flavor, though, right? Yeah, it's a little sharper, you know. It's, it's yeah, it's got almost a, got it's like kind of like a, a hint of mustardy, mustardy taste or yeah. something. Too. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. I'm a I'm a big fan of broccoli, Rob. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to grow some. Um, not this year, in coming years. Once uh, once I get my shit together, <laughs> which I may never, which I may in, never. In um, Lloyd plans to grow broccoli rob within the next few years so put that in the next the few band. years you know put it's that on the dry erase to, board yeah that's right <laughs> set goals for myself like growing a widely available vegetable um that i could purchase from a grocery store at any time um for a fair price but uh i should pick some up but I here pick i am some up and cook some sometimes yeah, yeah. give it a go it's nice uh it's nice it's 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 often speaking overlooked speaking of uh, uh yeah speaking of italian things um i just watched uh the film summer of sam have you ever heard of that movie mm, no i have not summer well, of sam well it's a uh, it's a spike lee joint about uh ostensibly about the uh the son of sam killings that occurred you know in the 70s the famous serial okay. killer but oh uh, yeah, yeah but but the okay. killer and the killings are just kind of a 
a, uh, a structuring uh, absence, and it's really just about these uh, these Guidos in uh, in Brooklyn. Uh, the lead one played by John Leguizamo, um, and uh, it's like mostly about John Leguizamo having like a Madonna whore complex, um, mm. and like because like he's like cheats on his wife, and like his 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 best friend's Adrian Brody, who's like a punk rocker. And uh, he's like, yeah, you know, like, I, I can't do these things with my wife. You know, I want, you know, like, I want anal. I want to be with other girls, you know. And, and uh, <laughs> he's, like, afraid to do anything, like, non-vanilla with his wife because then it would, you know, mm. soil her in his mind. And, uh, and right, uh, right. so he, like, cheats on her and he, like, goes to these sex clubs. And there's one scene where, you know, because the wife is concerned and she wants to please him sexually so she like you know she mm-hmm. like sort of um dresses sexy and and this is how repressed he is like she starts to go down down on him but then he like resists mid blowjob he's like no no let's just have sex normal and it's like let's turn these lights <laughs> off like he won't have the lights on or whatever <laughs> so it's just about like the extreme uh, sexual repression of this you know catholic wop and oh, also man. like there's like a sub like like or like that that like dovetails dovetails with like Adrian Brody's like this punk rocker, but he's like from the neighborhood. He's Italian too. The movie is like brimming with with Italian Americans. It's about Italian Americans. Oh, wow. um, I'm sold. Yeah, yeah. So many future guys who in the very near future will be on The Sopranos. Are, it was actually written by Michael Imperioli, who has like a cameo. In oh, it. really? Yeah, yeah. A oh, pre-fame wow. Michael Imperioli. Uh, like, like one of the main guys is the actor who played, uh, I, I think it was Tony's uncle who like dies, I think in the pilot for the Sopranos. And then that's when Tony becomes the boss. If you remember that guy. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. The, the son of Sam killer himself, I believe is played by this minor Sopranos, uh, character. He's, he's like the guy who's like from some other family. He's like. He's like even fatter than the other characters in the show, and you may remember he's. You've watched all the Sopranos, right? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, it's like. Do you remember the scene where it's like they, uh, they like, like after someone attacked, I think Christopher, it's like they lure him into a hotel room and he thinks he's just getting laid, and then he they blow his head off or something. I don't know. That guy's in it, and uh, yeah, the most obscure guy from the Sopranos who is in it that I believe I recognized, uh, who plays like this trans woman that the that the uh, Dagos, of course, terrorize in the movie, is the is the character in The Sopranos mm-hmm. who he looks like an ugly Eddie Vedder, and he's the guy who um, who who uh, like brutal like on that you know that episode where uh, Tommy Bacala's dad, who is Polly from Rocky, but he's like geriatric now, but he comes back to do the mm-hmm. hits on his uh on his nephew oh, and that's yeah. how he like gets his mojo back and then he's like you know he's like wheezing uh-huh. but he like the guy he kills i believe plays that trans woman but anyway adrian brody's like this okay. punk rocker Jeez. but it's weird because like he's a punk rocker but for some reason his favorite band is the who so a little bit of a little bit of a lapse there but he on the side is like a gay sex worker who like he'll like dance at a club and then like take take um like men into the back or whatever and he also like does porn i think and he's dating um a woman that john leguizamo hooked up with back in the day 
he's like, yeah, you know, don't 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 you care that she's uh, you know she's she's you know, been with all these men, you know? And he's like, well, I I think that you know, whatever she did before she met me is uh, her business. So you know, like Adrian Brody's like a lot woker than John Leguizamo, but mm. um, but then eventually, yeah. um. I just think it's interesting because it's like a Spike Lee movie, but it's like about Italian Americans. And like, um, Uh. I remember there was a tweet that uh, I saw once that said that uh, after Scorsese and before The Sopranos, uh, Spike Lee was the number one employer of Italian American actors. And it's really true. I mean, he has Italian American Mm. actors uh, throughout his filmography. And this is like his big meatball homage, you know, and uh, and. Obviously, like working class Italian American New Yorkers and working class uh, African American New Yorkers are not like foreign from each other, but it's it's and or, or they of course they have a lot in common, which has been you know sort of something that has recurred throughout his filmography. But a compelling case for a filmmaker making a film uh, about a, a different type of people than himself, which I think is something that somehow became like an unfashionable notion nowadays. But anyway, what I, what I wanted to yeah. say is that, huh. so because like Adrian Brody, he has like like spiked hair and like a mohawk at one point, like I said, he's like a punk rocker and they like find out that he's gay. Like there's like these WAPs who have like decided to be like a vigilante tax, task force trying to catch the, the son of Sam killers or killer. Uh-huh. And then like they're talking to John like was almost like, hey, look, you know, fucking, you know, Vinny, he's got the hair, he's crazy. We just learned he's a fucking gay. He's the son of Sam Killer, you know? And they're like, they're like, re- all the Guidos are very, like, accurately very stupid in the movie. But uh, but it was funny because uh-huh. I was reading about the movie before I watched it. And apparently um, it was it was somewhat controversial at the time because uh, people accused it of, of, of trading in, like, Italian-American stereotypes and, oh, sure. and like uh, Spike Lee, you know, Spike Lee is not a subtle filmmaker and no, uh, no. he isn't exactly a stranger to like somewhat broad uh, ethnic caricatures. But when I so I like I expected him to like turn the wappage up to 11. But when I watched mm. it, I was just like, oh, these are just these are just guys being Italian Americans. And, and I think what it yeah. was is that this was like a pre Sopranos world. So people uh, weren't quite ready for like that level of Italian yet, you know, critics and audiences. Yeah, like there were obviously right, the Scorsese right. films, but there was just like a couple of those and they were like spaced out by years. So I think it was just kind of too much, uh, as I said, wappage for its time. People had yeah, not yet that's been that well acquainted. Yeah. It was there was a moral panic about the about the <laughs> Italian American representation, correctly, of course, but that's that's interesting. Like a pre Sopranos yeah. Italian, um, Italian American representation. Um, that show really did change so much. It's uh, and and it's not like it's not talked about. Obviously, people talk about it, but man, I I, I, I do kind of wish I'd watched Sopranos like well before last year. Um, but hey, why is know, that? Doesn't matter whether I did or not. Um, just because like I because I really did enjoy it, and I think it was uh, I think it was correctly formative for a lot of people, and um, you know, I would have. And I would have been, I would have had access to a kind of vocabulary that I didn't have. Um, that's how important that show is. It's true. I don't know. I guess it's, yeah. maybe that's stupid. Maybe that's that is kind of stupid. But you know, that's the kind of level I'm operating at. I'm not. I'm, I'm not, not asking I'm, for much. I'm, 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 asking I'm not saying to, uh, that's stupid. But I'm just saying, are you are you no. saying like you would know more about just like 
that culture and that that would be valuable to you in your life or or just that it's like a cultural um, touchstone uh, more that it's a cultural touchstone and um mm-hmm. i don't know like like to to the extent that there can be value in like having seen any media property um you know whatever that means i, I like so so many of the people in my life for my entire life have seen the sopranos like you know yeah. like and and had seen them for as long as i as, as long as i've known them so you know what a what a brought you a little closer to other know. people brought me a little closer would have would have helped me kind of reach out through the void there but you know would have made that would have made that ocean of miscomprehension between you and literally ever every other person perhaps a little bit smaller yep yep yeah but uh but that is not what the Lord set forth for me. The Lord said, no, no, you will, you will. And, and, and the Lord did dash my, my tongues and scramble my comprehension. Just, uh, you know, like a, like, a, like a modern day Tower of Babel. If you haven't seen The Sopranos, you're signing up for, you're signing up for a bad time. But did you really encounter oh. that many people who were like manners about The Sopranos, really? I kind of did. Yeah. I kind of did. Yeah, folks do love it. Um, they do love it. But you know, they folks are getting it. into it all the time. I didn't really watch it until I was in college, but um, mm-hmm. but yeah. Television, folks, check it out. Watch <laughs> it as often as you can. Um, <laughs> that's oh. right. That's right. Oh boy. Oh goodness gracious. So I, um, you know, I've I've we've talked about The Sopranos on the show before. We've we've talked about my. My personal failures. We've talked about uh, my my struggles, my um, mm-hmm. my inadequacies. Um, but but there's nothing new under the sun, Ralph. What's uh, Lloyd? If we ever if we ever cover that, something that we've talked about before, don't draw attention to it. It's just like let it let it don't ride. You know, we're just we're just let playing it ride. The hits. Yeah, enjoy. I don't think we time. I don't think we've together. talked about the Sopranos that much. I don't think so. Maybe not. Maybe not. We've cer- we certainly haven't devoted episodes to it, and we're not we're not going to start today, folks. Um, I'm having kind of an off one, Ralph. I'm uh, I'm I'm really I'm really grinding at my new I job, can tell. and it kind of sucks ass. And uh, and and on, and on I top had, of that, uh, I could tell that Lloyd was was miffed before we started recording because we were supposed to have a guest who, uh, yeah. who just sort of. Uh, I could tell that Lloyd was like, "This is a little. This is too far, even for me." I could tell like you really like your 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 sense of dignity was offended by being stood up by you know, this guest cuz I don't know the guest I don't really care yeah. if the guest comes on so like I I yeah. was not affected but you you seemed like you were you 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 saw as you should as 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 their their failure to uh follow up with you and uh show up was was a personal yeah. front I did I did feel uh I did feel slighted, you know. I, I I do prefer when people uh, keep their word about things. I I realize that life is complicated, but you know, um, it's it's actually quite easy to keep appointments. I would say, you know, if you yeah, if you if you try to just put the slightest effort into remembering. Well, I said before we recorded, I would never I would never be late for a podcast appearance. I would be like, yeah, I'm I'm rarely late in general. I tend to I tend to overshoot things and arrive early but i wouldn't like right if i agreed right. to be on a podcast i'd be like oh that's that thing i'm doing later today you sure know? sure but um, but i'm a pro I, I, you know i'm a pro that's right 
That's right. I mean, I'm I'm so like the the number of times that I've like actually spaced something and forgotten it so completely that I didn't even let anyone know that I wasn't going to be there on time. Like mm-hmm. that's happened maybe 3 times in my in my whole life, I want to mm-hmm. say. And it's Sure. Uh, yeah, I don't me know. too. Um like I, I like yeah. I don't just I don't yeah. just forget an appointment. Like that's that's yeah, crazy. Yeah. But um but uh, maybe they thought like, oh, podcasts—they're—they're—they're they're, they're probably doing it all the time. It's, a, you know, it's like showing mm-hmm. up to a party. It's not like, oh, we're gonna sit down and do this thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, which is man. which is well, hard for us know, to imagine. That'll... But uh, <laughs> but this was but this was someone that uh that you only kind of scantly knew from the internet. So that's that's kind of the thing too, where um, yeah. you can't lose sight of the fact of how. Of how kind of uh, unreal and ephemeral those bonds are with, mm-hmm. like, with like internet you know, people. Like it's a safe bet yeah. to assume that they're gonna be flaky and weird, right? Sure. Yeah, I mean, like a, like a long term Twitter mutual is just a stranger that hasn't let you down yet, right? <laughs> like that's uh, right. You know, but but that's that's neither here nor there. For for all I know, he's 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 just very busy talking about how uh, Virgil Texas is canceled or something. <laughs> you know what I, um, I, I you know what I uh, this is before knowing that this person was going to be on. I was like, because I I didn't know them at all. I was completely I was completely oblivious. But I was yeah. like, you know, I'm going to take one more look at their profile to see if they tweeted anything that would annoy me. Just to just to make sure, <laughs> just to see what I'm in for, and I saw that tweet, and it was just like, I don't know, like that, like whatever they were quote tweeting just seemed like bullshit. Did you uh-huh. did you did you, did you uh, read the thread? Um, oh the, uh, it was like someone who, uh, it was it was something about how, uh, she said that she, texted with him. When she was in high school, which is weird, but she doesn't come out yeah. and say that, like, she says that, like, he talked to her like they had an adult relationship, and she doesn't sure. she doesn't come out and say if it was when she was underage, and I feel like that probably means that she wasn't, or else why wouldn't she say that? And, like, just, like, the, the language is very ambiguous and elliptical. I don't know. Maybe this will be yeah. a huge scandal by the time it came out, but it just really seemed like thin gruel someone trying to make right. a thing about right. someone they happen to have like a clumsy maybe somehow like sexually inflected online interaction with which happens a yeah. million times every second with people i'm sure on the internet but it was yeah. like trying to give it this like undue cancelable importance because that person happened to somewhat recently become relatively famous and i don't know yeah. i mean i i don't i don't really know just just based on the the it's it, it seemed like pretty thin girl but this this guest was uh kind of making a meal of like co-signing it and being like wow you know i yeah. guess just because someone's yeah. funny doesn't mean they're not fucking a terrible person <laughs> Oh man, I don't know. I mean, I, I I read that I read that thread. Like it 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 does thin gruel is a good way to put it. Like it's um, it is something that I simply will waste no time interacting with. You know? Yeah. Like there's there's simply there's simply too much. I got I got too much going on. You yeah, you do you gotta pick your battles. But uh, yes. But uh, um, again, I don't I don't know. 
It's, it's whatever. I'm I, I'm not pledging an allegiance to. No one's even gonna fucking care. But but like there this, there is that there is that thing where it's like certain people, like especially I guess like 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 younger like people ten years younger than us like younger online because it's startling to remember. I'm I'm just remembering now. What was it? I saw. Fuck, I'm trying to remember the specific because it was so silly. It was mm. like I saw some tweet and it was like some kind of news story. And uh, God damn it. it. It was something like someone was responding to like uh, like the top reply to some news story. It was was someone saying something was problematic, and then like someone replied mm. to it. It was it was something so ridiculous, like uh, it was like uh, well well math can't be bigoted or something. I I don't know what it was, but then the person uh-huh. below them responded, uh, "Yes, it can," or "Yes, it is," or whatever. It was it wasn't math. It was like some kind of like abstract concept that people were trying to attribute something to. And the point uh-huh. is, like, it was, it was, it was some kind of hyper woke thing that made me upset. So I'm like, oh, who's this fucking person? And I, like clicked through to their profile, and like I saw in their bio that they were like 16, and I was like, Jesus! It's always kind of, oh, like, yeah. it's always kind of like scandalizing yeah. to me when I see that, like, right, like, like, uh, like children are on Twitter, and uh, yeah, I, like yeah. I can't help but I hate it. think that, like, <laughs> like what, like, like there are like there are like middle aged people who are are being driven insane by being on Twitter. So it's like, I, I shudder to think yeah. what like the effect it's having on like literal children and like nothing stop. It like, makes you wonder how many of the people you see on Twitter are, are literal children. Cause nothing's stopping them right. from, from getting on there and, and diving into oh, certainly it. Certainly not. And, um, and every, and, and truly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and using every aspect of the site, there's, there's no age restrictions whatsoever. Like, yeah. there's no, there's no nothing. Just any 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 kid can get on here and, and do whatever. And every and every like flippant tendency you find um, annoying or offensive mm-hmm. on Twitter, like that could you know that could be readily absorbed by untold oh, yeah. numbers of you know children. Mm-hmm. You know, not just adults mm-hmm. but children. But like uh, like beyond that, like um, n- not necessarily children, but just like like people a little. I guess like you could say Zoomers. Uh, just like kind of the idea of like uh if if someone merely like hurts your feelings you could you could like weaponize the word trauma and then it all of a sudden has this like elevated significance that you could could use against another person i mean i'm not describing anything new but that's just something that really that really troubles me because like feelings are subjective um and Mm -hmm. human beings hurt each other's feelings all the time so it's like there's that and also like in this particular example and again i i I don't i don't know anything about this particular example but within it it's like an interaction that was like purely only an online interaction and sure i assume largely because this person was young they had like a disproportionate response to it and then it's like but then after the fact because i felt really bad because like when, when you're that age like things happen to you and like you, you think it's the end of the world, and it does feel horrible. But like you have right, no sense right. of like when you get a little bit older, it's like oh yeah, that was that truly was not right. a big deal and didn't matter at all. Your like life has been so short, and and the the like yeah. the impact of each individual event is just a a weight on your shoulders. And it's like okay, like this is this is 
you know, like every every new experience can can be just just titanic compared to uh, someone wizened. Yeah, well, it's yeah, and it's like absolutely. like the the classic example of like someone experiencing like their first uh, breakup. You know, it's like mm-hmm. the, like the pain is like overwhelming because you have no you have no reference points and then it's like you know mm-hmm. you reach our age and it's like you can barely remember the person's face and you're like oh yeah that was yeah that truly meant nothing and it, it doesn't matter right but yeah <laughs> but then they're but then they're there they're there and they're just kind of in the battleground of twitter which which is which is a which is a a, a battleground it is a it is a place of where course. people basically compete for for some form or another of social capital and it just becomes mm-hmm. a kind of uh you know a weapon in that arena you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah yeah i am i am you know we have talked about this before but i am i am just so grateful that my interaction with with this platform in particular and you know most platforms generally was was restricted to after i you know yeah. reached the age of majority and you know kind of got got some semblance of a brain like i can yeah. i can go back and look at posts i made when i was 19 and i'll be like ah that that's that's dumb that's cringe but you know sure. at least i'm not seeing posts i made when i was 13 right like Oof. that's uh that's going to be that's going to be no good you don't want to see that my uh, one thing that one thing that happened is my my parents they they brought like uh, many crates of uh, of like my old they saved all my old school books for some reason and like my notebooks and stuff and so I'm able to look back and like read the stuff that I was writing when I was in high school and mm-hmm. read the stuff that I was writing when I was in middle school and it's horrible and there's no reason for me to see that like there's there's no there's no real knowledge to be gained in like because because I mean at least for me like you know growing up is a very iterative thing you 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 kind of you kind of leave. You like you, you leave the parts of yourself that aren't useful behind and you 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 become a a more you know you become a more elevated being as you as you learn and as you grow and like having having access to that and especially having the world have access to that yeah. is a uh, is a horrifying notion um yeah and i mean what you're what you're saying is is of course true and um i i'm sure i would find something i posted uh seven weeks ago cringe now uh but uh but it's 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 another ballpark when you're literally a kid where yeah i mean you're you're a kid and your your brain is actually yeah actually (laughs) different and uh Mm, like 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 chemically a, a a different sort of organ so it is hard to imagine i guess there are people who yeah, I don't know. Like, like I like I know there are people who have like had the same Facebook since like 2006 or something, and it's like right. I, I like I can't right. imagine that. I'm gl- you know, I'm glad I've done like a like a hard restart as regards That's my right. uh, my my online presence uh, over the decades. But, the great uh, reset. Y- We're here. Yes, but uh, but yeah, as you said, um, when we were coming of age. Uh, well, I mean, social media didn't even, it's easy to forget, but social media didn't even become a thing until we were both in high school thereabouts or, or, or yeah. something like that. I guess I was in middle school when Facebook first became a thing. But Let me, um, let me ask you this. Are, are you glad that social media exists in the form that it does? Like, has it, has it added more or subtracted more from your life, in your opinion? Gotta be subtract, yeah. Yeah, you got to assume, right? Like yeah. we, we kind of live in this. this a, we live in this, this fish this tank qu- where we have to have it. But yeah, this question um, I, I pose often. I feel like it's 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 
It's gotta be a net negative. It may have even have ruined my life, but it's at least a net <laughs> negative. Cause it's added because yeah. it's yeah. added nothing. It's it's like right. like best case scenario, it's it's uh, an innocuous pastime that is a waste of time. And um right. worst case scenario, it's it's something that's rewired my brain to to like disastrous ends you know how do you feel Mm -hmm. about that because i feel like you're a little more invested in it than me if if i if i I I venture that i mean you know you're you you're being charitable by by you know by suggesting it rather than outright declaring it like it is (laughs) it is it is clear to see that it has uh got its claws in me um much more than it has you because you 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 stepped away for a period of time like you and you've got uh yeah but i still i still had i still had um other social like i still had an instagram or whatever but that was that was a much more passive relationship but uh yeah sure i I wasn't really like um consistently contributing but yeah god i mean ah boy i mean I, i it's it's to the point where like i cannot i cannot imagine like what my life would have been like without having been posting for the past decade, right? Like it's not a uh, yeah. Um. Like not being not being connected in this way, and I and I guess you know that's not just Twitter. That's like you know if I had decided to live my life without, you know, Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or any of this stuff. You know, if I had if I had never tried to meet anyone on Tinder. If I had never, you know, tried to meet anyone on like OkCupid or the apps, if I had just like, you know, if I had lived my life in the physical space, like yeah. literally all of our parents and grandparents did, right? Sure, yeah. Like if I had, if I had, kind of lived in that way, like I would, I would have a different brain. I would have a, I would have a probably, well, maybe, maybe my personality would be the same, but like the way that I, um, like, like certain systems of value are very influenced by social media and like that immediate feedback and the you know i'm sure there's many many no, layers yeah, and, to and, it and, but, the, and the way i feel about know. it is that it's it's like it's like any drug in that it it, it can be mm. a salve and a palliative and it, it's something you get hooked yeah. on and of course people uh you know to reiterate the cliche they mistake it for real life when it's not or at least mm-hmm. oughtn't to be and I do think it's it's mm. definitely something that has made me, um, in some way, a more complacent person. And and like yeah. and like any drug, it could be something that is not only all right in moderation, but can enhance things in moderation. Mm. You know, could could be yeah. something yeah. that, you know, oh maybe you do make a new friend through Twitter. You know, using it in 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 the nominal way that you do, or. Or maybe you do sure. stumble upon some kind of new opportunity through the internet, but when you abuse it, it comes to be something that, of course, comes at the expense of your actual life. Um, and the more you use yep. it, the more you become dependent on it. You know, simple as that. Mm-hmm. But it masquerades mm-hmm. as something that is not um, simply um, a source of entertainment or or indulgence. Yeah. It the, the way that it's. Yeah. Um, the way that it's pitched and, and received is that it is something that is um, a a valid extension of your actual life and identity. So, yeah, sure, absolutely. And like I've I've been I've been on the I've been on the inside of these 
of these companies and like you know creating kind of um creating iterations of their of their founding documents and and just like seeing how like that is purposeful like the point is to build community like to have communities inside these these online spaces these distributed spaces and to have that you know supplant at least part of you know an individual's experience of what community is to have that take place in in these in these privately owned you know for-profit media um uh and that's not that's not great and it's also you know i i just i just get chills whenever i whenever i like yeah have to oh no it's it's this, to, to, to answer your yeah. yeah the more the more i the more we talk about it to answer your original question it was certainly an error for it to exist yeah um and it's yeah. it's and it's really it's it really is mind-boggling to consider that it's 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 only been around about a decade like it, it that that is that is wild <sighs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. I don't. I don't love to kind of wallow in fear mongering. But did you see the piece today about like BlackRock, like buying up all the single family homes in the U.S.? No. Did you Did you see that at all? There was something, and it was it was like a, um, you know, the, it, it was it was an article about how private equity has been kind of swooping into private home markets and buying buying like every home they possibly can well above the asking price um and essentially turning i mean and and the point to them is to turn um home ownership into home rental so just kind of through through massive investment of private equity just like essentially removing the housing market removing all of these homes from young people being able to uh, consider buying them, you know, so that so that they will be able to kind of replicate this, um, like the rentier economy. They, yeah, they, rentism. They, they need to keep injecting. Rent, yes, rentism. Yes, I, keep... I read uh, I read that book, uh, Four Futures: Life After Capitalism, uh, by uh-huh. I believe the author's name was Peter Fraze, um, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a short book, a good read. I read it a few years ago, but um, the book is basically split into four chapters. And uh, there's like one that's it, it, it like imagines um, like four different scenarios of the world op, uh, operating after the collapse of uh, capitalism as we know. It. And I think it was like communism. There was which was like the it was pretty interesting, like the in the communism one, it was like that's like obviously the best case scenario. And then it was like, oh, well, then what replaces like the competition for uh, capital, and I think he said something like he he suggested that people would somehow have, which I guess is just sort of social media, but like people would like compete for like sort of a kind of social currency. But I, I guess that's happening already. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't remember. It's been a while since I read it. And then there was like uh, mm. socialism, like because like the the thesis relates to how like um, the the compounding crises of both climate change and automation are going to basically force the world to adapt to a different system um as resources become scarcer and and um you know one of those resources mm-hmm. and uh you know uh, the economy is devastated by no one needing to actually do anything and then like the other one was like a form of socialism in which there are still like capitalistic mechanisms and everyone is basically like forced through those capitalistic mechanisms to like make do with less or whatever and then like there was a uh, rentism which is like okay 
we, we, we figure out some stuff. Let's say there's a machine that can just sort of clone a loaf of bread. And then it's like, oh, we're mm-hmm. good. Everyone can just have these loaves of bread. But then it's like, okay, no, we're going to have through uh, intellectual property law. Uh, everything has yeah. like a patent and you have to pay to use it. And, and like this thing you were describing, yeah. like no one, no one owns any, like the only way you can extract capital from people is, is through rentism. And then the last one, yeah. just briefly before getting back to what you were saying was like, I forget what the name was for it, but it was basically just like, okay, let's liquidate the underclass and start over. And, uh, and right, uh, right. He, he said this thing that I found uh, chilling at the time, which is like, he, he was like, you know, that sounds like apocalyptic, but like compare it to like, you know, uh, when, when settlers came to uh, North America, they, uh, you know, obviously committed a genocide of indigenous people and then they they settled in that land and now we're here now and we're like god that was horrible but we, you know we're, we're here now to do better and it's like just imagine like the the elite that do have access to the to the biodomes and the bread loaf cloners mm-hmm. just kill all of us they repopulate the yeah. continent and then 150 years into the future we're just sort of something in a history textbook and it's like it was horrible what happened but we've started over since and right. we have to remember when we we killed everybody so that only the rich people can survive or whatever yeah. but anyway that the one yes. chapter was devoted to to rentism like you were describing but yeah mm-hmm. listen we we know we know what we did was wrong but under the leadership of president kamala harris the fourth you know we have uh, yeah we have forged a, a new path and what was wild about that is that I could yeah. imagine that. Like, I could, like, because it feels like the apocalypse to us, and it is. But then, like, yeah. those fuckers who did it, they still get to have, like, like, like the, the, the future lineage that's just another version of us. And it's like, that was pretty fucked yes. up what happened in history the past you know yeah. but we're yeah. but now we're the we're protagonists in the present and it's like what the fuck about me i was genocided for no reason right but right sorry oh yeah. <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry people barely care uh, sorry that was a long time that ago sounds right. like a you problem yeah. <laughs> that you, sounds uh, like a you problem victim who oh. no longer exists but uh but but how is what you were describing related to social media um well the uh geez boy that was a that was that was a bit back in it um because we were talking about how how uh you know how social media was ultimately a a a force for ill in the world and then you said that you saw that story about black rock yes yes um oh man um um, I think I think my my uh, my my point was was around like these things being um, being so accessible, like so like like the ideas are so um, they're they're like widely distributed. They're they're immediately available. Um, the and and like so so the problems are the problems are extremely easy to see like like the problems uh-huh. are 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 grave they're immediately reported on and like and the failures to address those problems are also immediately available and and extremely easy to comment on and um i i i am 
Ah, boy. I wish I, I wish I was taking notes through the show. I, I think I've I think I've done that. Yeah, thing it's kind of I like kind just of it's let my. Uh... <laughs> oh, I actually just I actually just I actually just what saw was that? the black. I actually just the black rock uh, something relating to it just actually came up on my uh, on my feed. But yeah, I guess it's kind of like yeah. um, like something that I've I tweeted about before is that I feel like at least with me when like something apocalyptic happens. I, I kind of have mm. this unconscious presumption that the tone of my experienced universe will change so as to suit what I perceive to be the appropriate tone uh, that is reacting to the apocalyptic development. Like I expect mm-hmm. it to conform to some kind of uh, narrative I find appropriate. But in reality, what will happen and what has been happening um, because the dystopia is already here. The dystopia, as you experience it, will be uh, uh, painted with with the colors of, of you and your experienced universe, which is to say that when these apocalyptic uh, things occur as they develop, you're going to respond to them the same way, which is to say like, with a SpongeBob meme, or pointing it out on Twitter, like, oh, isn't this? Yeah. Ba, ba, ba. And then, like, you're, you're like, like the the passivity and the frivolity of being online, like that's gonna that's gonna continue even as things get direly horrible. Yeah. Like, like the tone isn't gonna shift to yeah. like something serious, and it's like, okay, like, 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 no, like this, this is how you experience things for better or worse. It so sure it's is. like, I like mean, the, like the dystopia yeah. you're, you, you're going to get a dystopia that's specific to you. We're all going to experience it, but we're going to like, you're, you're going to ah, receive it emotionally right. and intellectually the way you experience everything else. Like there's not going to be a sudden tone shift that lets you know that it's, yes. that it's for real this time. No, it's, it's going to be for real. It's always been for real, but right. it's still going to be in those, frivolous shades that are familiar to you and, and that makes it kind of hard right to parse right. in a way does that make sense like it makes it like it makes it almost it, a little unreal yeah, yeah absolutely it does it does i mean I, I i forget exactly what what point i was i was making before but like this this i think speaks to the to the general topic is that like we we are these these extremely raw nerves now like as as online individuals like we are um, you know, you can you can feel connected to the point of complete um, just sensory overload and you know and and pretty pretty correct feelings of hopelessness, right? Like we are we are kind of um, you know served whichever like our algorithms kind of control the flow of information to us. We we you know we 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 form these little these little bubbles, you know these these kind of communities, as it were. That's what I was talking about. I was talking about like you know. Um, you know, social media companies like intentionally uh, cultivating communities on their on their privately held spaces. So we've we've got a um, there there is there is like just such a such a massive shift away from like like away away from the old models of like you know like states are going to own a you know a a a a significant amount of of uh of everything they're going to own infrastructure they're going to own housing to a certain extent they're going to own land and like they're 
this 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 project and like it makes you crazy because you see the stuff that goes on with like Davos and you know these these big kind of you know like like the International Monetary Fund like the World Economic Forum you know and and you can you can go down these you can go down these rabbit holes as much as you want and kind of like see that like yes this is what this is what the people that run the world want they do want this like rentism economy as you as you put it like you know it's a um and and social media just kind of as a as a as a tool of as a tool of social control and like you know social engineering um and uh and i think what ties i think what ties these these um disparate things we're talking about we were originally talking about um social media um serving as uh, uh, sort of a, a, a substitute for a proper life or as something that is that is a, a, a comfort to distract you from your lack thereof and uh, talking mm. here about sort of uh, bearing witness to uh, atrocities or looming crises I think like kind of the thing that um, like the, the, the central theme here is that all of being online or at least all of social media is kind of an expression of powerlessness and that powerlessness mm-hmm. can be like i'm powerless to make real friends or to or yeah. to meet someone and have a partner so i have this thing instead and i'm also powerless to affect political change so i'm going to tweet about it so really mm-hmm. um all of us who are heavily invested in social media it's it's that it's an expression of powerlessness because we have no other recourse yeah but it but it convinces uh-huh. us otherwise by by engaging with it in that way. Yeah, be it personal. Posting is the language of the unheard. That's right. That's uh, right. The uh, the world will end not with a bang, but with a SpongeBob meme. That's the with way. A SpongeBob ends, yeah. meme. A SpongeBob meme that'll get between like four and twelve likes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Four and thirteen likes. That is the way That'll the world the ends. It's like, that is the way the world mm-hmm. ends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like we get the we get the uh, you know we get the the presidential text thing. It's like ah oh you know sorry Jack the you know the oceans are gonna boil, and then you know I'll have a, I'll have a couple hours to kind of wrap everything up and and I I know for a fact like if I were to find out that the world is going to end in a couple of hours. There's no reason for me not to just make a quick post of, about it, of right? Of course you like, would. Of there will would. be that yeah. final post. <laughs> yeah. Like, I kind of know that about myself. Like, if, if if I have a little bit of lead time, if it's not just like, okay, like, So you if know, you were truly convinced that the end was near, you would feel yeah. compelled to fire off um, a, a, a tweet or something. You know, I, I would, I would, I would kind of make sure i had enough time to like call my parents loved ones whatever kind of say my goodbyes but if i got a little extra time how you know how much is how much you know it, it's one tweet what, what's, what's the worst that could happen let, let's let's interrogate this because i think this is big i mean to, to I what ex- i mean to what extent you're joking i don't know but I th- there's there's a kernel of truth there and i wanted to ask yeah. you earlier like what do you think it is that would compel you to do that? What do you think it is? Because you, you, you more or less admitted that you're someone who's more invested in their, whatever you want to call it, online profile persona life than, than maybe I am. What, a, what about that? Why do you think that is? Like, what do you think um, is specific to you that, that compels you to do that? Because I feel like I post because, like, I don't have anything better 
going on and i'm i'm confident uh-huh. that if i did like even like i realized um i forget when this was but i recently spent like a long weekend with my family and i realized mm-hmm. just sort of like being in a house with like some of my siblings and my mother uh i wasn't even it wasn't even as if i was constantly talking to them um but just like kind of for some reason just like the positive vibes of like being around other people who mm-hmm. i knew i i noticed that i was that i was posting less that i was even just l- looking at yeah. twitter less like like the it was yeah. it like it was lifted as i felt like the, the 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 desire to look at it and engage with it was lifted when i felt more kind of mm-hmm. like socially affirmed so i feel like for me right. it's pretty clearly like uh, I, I look to it as a as an insufficient source of comfort, like we were describing. But with right. you, it feels more right. it feels more active and deliberate, almost. Yeah, to a certain extent. And I'm I when when I have uh, I mean when I'm when I'm working, when I am kind of engaged in working working a, like a bad job, like working at something I don't enjoy, you know. Um, like, cause I had, I, I had a couple of weeks last month where I was not working a job and I was like, I was doing things in the real world and I saw myself posting a lot less, um, you know, especially like during my, my hiatus from the podcast. Well, that's just, well, that's just like, cause you were overwhelmed though. That was, I was overwhelmed, but like yeah. also, yeah, like there, like there literally was no time to post, but then when things quieted down a little bit, I, I, you know, I didn't have the, uh, that, that compulsion to post, but there is, there is like. You know, today I, I tweeted like 30 times, I think. And wow. today was like particularly stressful. And, you know, like it is it is like. Like at the end of the day, like if you if you have a social media presence that you put a lot of time into and like you've you've cultivated relationships, you know, and I'm using air quotes there just to kind of, you know, and like because 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 there are real people out there. There are like, you know, real friendships perhaps that you can cultivate um but it is this it is ultimately this very fragile thing and and like the 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 people on the other end like you know you can like you can book them for the podcast but there's no there's no guarantee <laughs> that they're going to show up right like everything but is also, everything is but like you, but you mentioned you mentioned fragile. like your you mentioned your twitter friends but it's not like all your posts are you just like striking up some kind of timeline conversation yes, with other people yes. that's in fact that's not that's hardly any of them. It's just you right, firing right. off some some missive. And we uh, we mentioned before, like back in the day when you like first came to Twitter, when I looked up your old tweets, you would tweet constantly to no one and get no engagement. So I feel like it's not mm-hmm. as if like you're you're invested. The primary thing is not that you're invested in online relationships exactly. It seems right. to be something else. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think at like ultimately, at least for me, like, like the posting, like it is for me, like I'm, I'm, I'm posting for myself. Um, and like in that, in that scenario, like I, I don't, I really don't think I'm joking. I think, I think it would be, you know, um, like turning the lights out at the end of the day, like, you know, knowing full well that nobody would ever see it probably knowing full well that it was, you know, a, a, an action without consequence, um, you know, but kind of faced with, with 
you know, feelings of utter powerlessness. And this is not just, you know, in the face of an actual apocalypse, you know, like like an imminent apocalypse. It is kind of in the face of a like a slow apocalypse, like the the, the slow descent towards what you got to assume is just a a couple of awful centuries to come and then kind of lights out for the human race. Right. So, so in, you know, in that scenario where the end of the world is imminent and you you feel compelled to send out that tweet and do what does that relieve? Um, I think it is, I think it is like, it's, it's pressing that little button that says control on it. That isn't connected to anything is the nearest I can describe it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I'm putting, I'm putting a, I'm putting a ribbon on something that I falsely feel that I control, but it is, you know, cause it, cause it's a different action than you know, writing a last entry in your diary and like putting that away and like putting that in a shoebox under under the bed or something. Right. Like it is. Right. It but is also you have the knowledge something that, out for others to see. But also you have the knowledge that the tweet is not going to exist after you. So it's not even as if you're you're leaving something behind. Yeah. 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 So it's just um, for that moment. You know, it's uh, you know, like sending up a sending up a like a firework or a or a or a small, you know, not a firework like a like a sparkler. You know, lighting a sparkler at the end of the world. Um, just uh, you got a tweet for and, the and, moment. And it's, you got a tweet uh, for uh, the moment. You, so it's yeah, almost you, like you, you're, you're. It's almost like you're symbolically paying homage to yourself. Where you're like, well, old boy, one last tweet. You know, playing yeah, playing. Yeah. Playing your playing your uh, violin as the Titanic goes down, you know, something like that. I tweeted throughout my life, and now as I'm fatally imperiled, I'll tweet once more because it's it's what yeah. I do. It's like that. Yeah. I forget if it was it was Plato or whoever who said like, if I knew the world was ending tomorrow, I would I would plant a tree, you know. And it's like mm. even though the world is ending, it's like I'm doing this because. This this is this is what I do, and that's and that's what life is is to is to yeah construct and do whatever it is I do and be a guy. I don't know. Right. There's probably a there's right. probably a better, more sophisticated interpretation of whatever that quote is. But oh, that's interesting. Yeah, if Lloyd Maybe. Howell knew the world was ending. He would tweet. <laughs> I would simply simply fire off. Maybe not just one. Maybe a couple. Okay. You know. Maybe the first one isn't isn't. Uh, if I if I don't get if I don't get any faves immediately, like you know, because that that would be that would be that would be. Uh, I'm imagining you. Oh God! I'm imagining you sending out what you believe to be your final tweet, but then you're like, ah, I don't know about that, mm-hmm. and then you want to like, maybe it has like a typo, and you want to delete it and correct it, uh-huh. but then there's just like there's just like a field of hellfire that's coming towards you and you're like, Oh God, but like your uh-huh. internet connection is spotty. So it's like, you're unable <laughs> to delete it and retweet it right away. And you're like, God, fuck, God, fuck, fuck. And then you were <laughs> Oh, the poster's ultimate fate. That is, uh, Oh, that, that is a, that is a poetic thing to wrap up this episode on. God damn. <laughs> Oh, Lloyd well, died doing know. what he loved. Loved. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, uh, Ralph! Folks, all this, all uh, this talk of uh, of all this talk of like meaningless social 
media and you know the 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 nothingness of it all it's got me wanting to tell people to head on over to patreon.com slash feeling well where for only five dollars a month you can build community with us um you know and you'll get double the content you'll get uh you'll get you'll get many um many conversations like these um because because we're not dead yet and who knows maybe we'll maybe we'll crack this thing Maybe there is some hope for the future. Maybe, let, let's let's plant that tree together, right? That's right. You know, come you on, know, guys. You haven't been uh, doused with a fiery rain yet. Might as well just fucking hang out and listen to some podcasts, right? So that's uh, right. Guys. Head on over to Patreon.com/slash/FeelingWell. Uh, rate and review us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow the pod at Pretty Feeling please. Well Pod on Twitter. Follow me at Hey Ralph Man. For the love of God, follow Lloyd at Void Howler. Lloyd, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, Ralph. See you next time. Bye-bye.